From Hollywood. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House, the official podcast for people who associate cigarette commercials with Christmas. That's a lie. It's for for their 40-year-old kids. But no matter. Today, we're second, third, and fourth guessing ourselves way back to 1960 or thereabouts to go Christmas shopping with the Jack Benny program. I am surprisingly brittle for an unbreakable crystal $12 watch Mike Westfall. And joining me, wrapped in beautiful paper and tinsel at least four times before we started recording, please welcome Guy Hutchinson. Hello, Guy. Oh, my God. I am so excited to be here, Mike. This show that you do is so fantastic. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of it. Thank it you. you have introduced me to several uh, specials and shows that I had never heard of, and then other ones that only I had heard of. I was like, I'm the only person in the world that knows about this, and then I get to hear you and someone else talk about it on a show. It's, it's wonderful. So uh, I really appreciate that you do this show, and I'm super excited to be here on it. Thank you so much. Well, now it's my my turn. I have a confession to make. Jack Benny mm. is almost entirely a blind spot for me. Before you asked me about this, this was mm. your request. Uh, not only had I never seen this Christmas shopping bit, but I'd never even heard of it. And I've got to say, thank you so much. Mm. This is this is a classic. I I can't oversell this to people enough. This is one of the funniest shows you'll ever see in your life. This is, and it's clearly a piece of Christmas history and entertainment history that more people need to see or hear. I don't know if it's just me and it flew completely over my radar or under my radar. I don't know how radar works, but (laughs) so what kind of history do you have with this Christmas shopping bit? Well, I'll tell you, I, so I love Christmas and I love Christmas specials, especially episodes of television shows that have a Christmas theme. And years ago, I was thinking one year, it was like Christmas Eve and I was watching television and they were showing the odd couple episode where Scrooge gets an Oscar, where they do the whole Christmas Carol play. And I thought, you know, I never watch the odd couple anymore, but I loved it years ago when I used to watch it. But I see this episode every few years, you know, and I started thinking, that there were all these great shows that at Christmas time you get to you get to pull them back in and see them one more time. And so I started collecting shows and then every year I have a a, a 20 seat movie theater in my house and I'd have my family oh, wow. and friends come over. The rest of the house is a dump, but I have a beautiful <laughs> theater. And I'd have I'd have family and friends come over on a uh, Saturday or Sunday before Christmas. I'd say, look, I'm going to start at 10 a.m. and I'm going to go until like, you know, two in the morning if there's still people here. Come by at any time and watch, you know, an hour or two or three of, of different shows. And so one year it was late at night and I put on this show and I hadn't seen it. I was very familiar with Jack Benny. I knew who he was. You know who he is uh, going back to back to the future at least. Oh, yeah. Um, but. I, uh, for, for those that don't know, there's, you know, there's a line in there about Jack Benny being secretary of treasury, uh, (laughs) which is a good joke. If you watch this show, you'll know, you'll know exactly why that's funny. But 
I put this on and I had, you know, a couple family members, some friends, you know, men and women, different ages, you know, in the house watching it. And we all laughed so hard. I don't think I've ever laughed harder at anything. And since then, there has not been a Christmas that I haven't watched this. And I turn it on to as many people as possible. And when I would listen to your show, every time a new episode was being introduced, I was thinking, oh, I hope it's this one. I really (laughs) want to hear you talk about it. No, and, and just for some reason, I, I didn't know it existed, so I'm glad I do now. So the thing about this one is you specifically requested the episode entitled Jack Goes Christmas Shopping. It aired December 18th, 1960 on CBS, but by then it's already a famous bit of his dating back to his radio days with the earliest version I could find of the concept of Jack Benny going Christmas shopping for his co-stars and staff and being a bit of a miser about it, was 1937. So this is a well-known bit that he's doing here. Yes, and what's great about this show, the reason it's so funny, uh, if you're a fan of the Three Stooges or Laurel and Hardy or Abbott and Costello, when these comedy acts had gotten to the point where they were recording their content, they had done it on stage over and over. They had taken lines out, added lines in. They said, this seems to work. Hey, why don't we change this? And that's the same thing that happened with this episode. Jack had recorded sections of this, and then they said, oh, you know, this would be funnier if we change this from him buying a nightgown for his aunt to buying a nightgown for his sister. And then, you know, why don't we change this line to that line? And so over the years, they had kind of fine tuned this thing to where it was so perfect that the version we're seeing, you know, a lot of people watching it at home probably knew some of this. This was almost like, you know, catching up with your favorite nostalgic Christmas moments from going back 10 or 12 years ago for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have basically the the same sort of note here in my notes that it uh from what i can tell this appeared to be the last version of this that jack benny did on a live show or on a on a a show that aired uh this particular version dates back to 1948 that kind of keeps the same jokes and the same storyline going on but yeah this is absolutely feels like a very fine-tuned a very polished performance that we do and i was just Mm -hmm. very impressed with that and different bits of this as you were saying come from different christmas shopping bits that he's done because it was an annual thing on his radio show yeah yeah, I mean, it was, and and not only was the Christmas thing an annual thing, but so Mel Blanc was on the show a lot, and yes. a lot of the routines he would do with Mel Blanc would be, you know, the first routine I understand that he did with Mel Blanc, which I've never heard, but on the radio, the first ever time they did a routine was that he went into the shop, Mel Blanc is working there, uh, Jack says he wants a cinnamon roll, and Mel Blanc says, yes, uh, you want a, a, a Cimarron, Cimarron roll, and then they just go back and forth <laughs> repeating the same thing over and over. And then uh, uh, Mel Blanc's character gets frustrated and yells at him. And I mean, that to me, it's like, you know, that concept was so funny that Jack just went back to it whenever he could. (laughs) We're going to get that a few times here. Well, let's dive in or rather crawl in as Jack does as he emerges from a crowd of crazy women Christmas shoppers because it's 1960. So a few of the jokes are going to be like this, y'all. Christmas shopping gets worse every year. 
but not many. I no, feel not that many. you know. I feel that not only are not many of the jokes uh, outdated from a a point of view, uh, but also very few of the jokes are even outdated. This, I mean, so much of this feels like it could take place today. Yes, very much so. Uh, however, this is not about the hustle and bustle of the holiday season, and all about Jack being terrible at shopping for people and. I can certainly relate to that. Starting with his personal valet, Rochester. See, what did I give you last year? A brand new dollar bill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and a lecture on the evils of wine, woman, and song. Played by Eddie Anderson, whose Wikipedia entry is titled Eddie Rochester Anderson. So this Absolutely. is what he's known for. Oh yes. He also, uh, by the way, as a, as a side note to him, he is, he was a horse, uh, racing owner as well later in his, his life, uh, actually throughout even the time when he was a, a, a big celebrity on radio and television. And he is the first African American to enter a horse in the Kentucky Derby. I believe it was 1943. The horse's name was burnt cork. Uh, the horse <laughs> finished last, but he, uh, he got his horse in there and, and broke that, uh, the color barrier with, uh, with race horse owners. Wow. Yeah. And he's been part of Jack's show since 1937. Let's talk about Rochester because looking from 60 years in the future, the first thing we see after the show's opening is Jack Benny's black valet calling him boss and being lectured on drinking as a joke. And I'm not saying this to defend any of that. Or, and especially not Jack Benny. Dude did a whole minstrel show multiple times years and years and years ago. But in his autobiography, it says Jack and his writers made a conscious effort to remove racist stereotypes from Rochester and the show in general. So this looks bad now, but it was an improvement. But it caught me off guard. I mean, it uh, look, he is his gentleman's gentleman. This is Alfred to Batman. Okay. And these two characters uh, play off each other so well. They do. Rochester always gets the last laugh on on Jack. And it's never, for those that haven't seen this episode or other episodes of the series, it's never depicted that uh, that it's an antagonistic relationship at all. These two are like best friends, and he also works for him. Yes. And Jack had actually asked his audience to reject racism on numerous shows. There are stories about hotels denying Eddie Anderson a room until Jack told him, well, if he doesn't stay here, neither do I. And he would check out his entire cast and crew of about 40 people. So he saw the problem of racism a lot earlier than many, many other people did in the world and the country back then. But So there was some work into fixing it by 1960 standards. By 2020 standards, it could use some more work. But I was happy to see that it wasn't just a bunch of jokes revolving around that. It's just Rochester's also here, also going Christmas shopping. Yes, and 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 shopping for Jack, which comes into play a little later. Yes, it does. Uh, well, Jack asks Rochester what he got him for Christmas last year. A brand new dollar bill and the lecture of the evils of wine, women, and song. <laughs> oh, that was just a gag. I, I did that to make you laugh. Wish you would have told me that. I cried all night. And it's going to be a lot of these. This is going to be a hard episode to talk about just because it's going to be me repeating a lot of the jokes that I like. Right. <laughs> going to do my best. But back to Christmas shopping. And Jack never does shop for Rochester first. He kind of skips over him. He hands Jack back his shopping list. And the first name on it is the show's announcer, Don Wilson, whom we'll meet in person later. For mm -hmm. now, Jack wants to get him a wallet. 
So over we go to the real star of the show, the leather department clerk. And I didn't recognize him at first, but he looked familiar. And then as mm -hmm. soon as he started talking, I realized it's Mel Blanc. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Oh, uh, I'd like to see some wallets. Please. All right. We have a large variety here. Oh, all these wallets you see here are $1.98. It's Mel Blanc at his Mel Blankiest, too. Yes. I mean, he is... He is absolutely doing a version of Yosemite Sam and Bugs Bunny at the same same time. <laughs> he really is. This is the second episode I've recorded uh, about a man of a thousand voices. Because last one I was talking about the Christmas raccoons, which is narrated by oh, Rich yeah. Little. So I knew Mel Blanc by name at a pretty early age. Because all of those... Yeah, Bugs Bunny cartoons, all the Looney Tunes characters, all the male ones, and all of those shorts had one voice credit, Mel Blanc. Mm -hmm. And I was afraid he hadn't popped up on this podcast before, but yes, he did. He was also the voice of Barney Rubble. Oh, ho, ho, I'm hungry. Oh, God, wow. So I got to do like an actual Flintstones episodes, but got him in for Fruity Pebbles. That was more important for me. Yeah, there is a good uh, Christmas Flintstones episode uh, where Fred sings Dino the Dinosaur over and over. It's 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 worth doing. <laughs> there's a, There are a couple. Uh, I have to look into it. I'll definitely do. There's a Christmas Carol version. So mm -hmm. those are down the pipe, folks. Uh, but yeah, but Mel Blanc was also a regular here on a Jack Benny program, both in radio and TV. Very often as a store clerk, Jack frustrates out of his mind and, and just y'all wait. Uh, it starts innocently <laughs> enough. He shows Jack a set of wallets for $1.98 each, but Jack decides to get Don Wilson a nicer wallet for $40. Yes, and that is a is a big leap. Well, yeah, and you know I calculated for inflation. And in 2020 money, My money that's over $350 for a wallet. That is quite a wallet, that's, and it's genuine cowhide. It is. That's right. Uh, and that is adjusting from 1960. This same joke had been in the Christmas shopping bit since 1948, mm -hmm. when what was $40 then, well, no, what what's, yeah, when what was $40 then would cost over $430 in 2020, so. Yes, I mean, it is clearly a joke, though. When it is said, the audience laughs, not just because Jack is depicted as being cheap, but because the wallet is absurdly expensive. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, and if, if I could see $1.98 back then would be closer to $20 on either side of it, which is still cheap for a leather wallet, for a cowhide wallet. But $350 to $400, I'd write a poem about that, too. And that's what Jack does on the card. To Don, this gift is from Jackie. Oh, golly, oh, shucks. I hope that you like it. It costs 40 bucks. <laughs> yeah, this is great. I mean, this is, uh, it. it's such a perfect setup. He, he writes out this poem, this wallet, you know, that the punchline is that the wallet costs 40 bucks. <laughs> He's very proud of himself. So he has Mel Blanc wrap it up and ship it for him. And here's where we see Rochester go off to do his own shopping while Jack moves on to his wife, Mary, who's not in this episode, but she was in the radio version, or at least one that I heard while I was, because I listened to a few other versions of this. 
Yes. I, I, I listened to a few over the years and I, I tried to get in a few. There was one I was listening to where he was shopping for her and they almost did the same bit uh, that Rochester does where a little bit later where yes. they ask what type of person is, which they said, what type of person is Mary? <laughs> and Jack keeps having, you know, very oddball answers uh, about, you know, very unflattering things. Uh, and then just starts saying stuff like she has two ears and Rochester says, yeah, but on the same side of <laughs> so mary was jack benny's actual wife in real life her original name was sadie marks uh, but she legally changed her name to mary livingstone after her character on the show uh, sadie marks is an anglicization of her given name sadia margowitz and here's where we mentioned both she and jack were actually jewish they met at a passover seder ah so while reading up on that, uh, in 2002, the question of whether Jack was a practicing Jew came up on the JackBenny.com message board, which is still live. And the answer was that he was a, quote, secular Jew in public. He and Mary had Jewish funerals and are buried in Jewish cemetery. But his daughter Joan had wrote that her family also privately celebrated Christmas. And that's not out of the ordinary. It wasn't then. It's not now. No, no. I mean, Christmas, uh, you know, it's it's everywhere. And so sometimes, you know, it's just just worth joining in. Mm hmm. But thought I'd mention that. So shopping for Mary, Jack's looking for the jewelry department, grabs the attention <laughs> of the floor manager as he passes by. And he replies with a very familiar. Yes. Now let's see. I wonder where the where the jewelry department. Oh, mister. Yes. <laughs> Oh my goodness! This was uh, is such a throwback because you have seen this this actor do this same character on numerous different shows all the way through you know the late seventies. Yeah, well, and uh, no, and into the eighties. So it's oh Frank goodness. Nelson. I've yeah. mentioned Frank Nelson on here before, but it's just because so many people are doing Frank Nelson impressions. Uh, the one I remember is Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. Mortimer Mouse is Minnie's boss at a department store, and it's Jeff Bennett doing a Frank Nelson impression. Really? Yes. Wow. It's like, uh, Ginny, <laughs> that's Minnie, but. Oh, that is so great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he left an indelible mark on pop culture. He really is. He was one of those classic Hollywood actors people know by a catchphrase before they know their name. Uh, and the oh, yeah. Jack Benny program is where that catchphrase and his character started. Mm -hmm. And it's he gets the you know, he gets the big uh, pop, you know, when when he says yes, the crowd goes nuts. Oh, yeah. They already know it by this point, too. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, it's J.J. saying dynamite. It's the Fonz saying, hey, I mean, this is <laughs> this is it. And he was doing it pretty much until the day he died. Uh, the. <laughs> The last thing I've seen him in personally was in 1986. He was a sort of rude clerk type in the special Garfield in Paradise. Wow. Okay. So here's Frank Nelson. His warmly rude comeback here is, are you the, uh, to, are you the floor walker is, well, what do you think I am with this carnation? A float in the rose parade? <laughs> The uh, the floor walker may be the one job that shows up in here that doesn't exist today, but it's almost like a Walmart greeter. I think you know it's it's yeah. just somebody saying hi. Pretty much, it's got it's 
a different reason for existing now, but it's less how can I help you and uh, not going to steal anything, right? <laughs> yeah, can I check your receipt on the way out? Yeah, pretty much. But Jack's not having it. He decides to find the jewelry department himself. <laughs> Shouldn't be hard. It's not a big stage, but I will say it's a pretty impressive set for a TV sitcom in one location in 1960. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it looks like a real store. Oh, yeah. Elevators in the background and everything. Mm-hmm. He's pointed in the right direction thanks to a helpful passerby wearing a mask over his face, and now it feels like 2020. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and then Jack passes by a leg from a woman mannequin and gives a little touch, and now we're back in 1960. <laughs> Reminded me of the old leg lamp from A Christmas Story. Mm, I did not put that together, but that's uh, it's I it's I don't believe that's a nod to this, but in no, my heart it, it is. No, it wouldn't have been. In, in my heart it is. Though. There you go. <laughs> Head cannon accepted. Fragile. Next, we're in jewelry. Uh, Jack wants to look at a watch. Yes, I'd like to uh, look at a watch, please. I want a watch. Uh, for a man, a woman, or a dog. <laughs> Well, this is Beverly Hills, you know. I mean, that joke feels like as modern as at least the 80s. Absolutely. I mean, that, joke, that joke hangs around. Oh, yeah. Jack doesn't know any dogs. Have you ever had a dog guy? I have not had a dog. Oh, uh, I was going to ask you what's the dumbest thing you've ever made it wear. But... No, I have not. I did. I, I've had cats, and I did once make a cat wear a Halloween costume for a photo, and it just looked like it was in pain, like something was was on its back, and it just wanted to get it off. So I, <laughs> I don't think I'd ever do it again. <laughs> I remember my mom dressed up our two dogs as a turkey and a pilgrim for Thanksgiving. That's not so bad, <laughs> but it. I don't think they looked painful. It was just, just no. embarrassed if they ever would come back to look at this. Next time I, I see them uh, next time i visit my parents i'm gonna show the dog the picture of her <laughs> dressed <laughs> i i think dogs though can wear sweaters and stuff and be comfortable i a, a cat you can't even you can't put a collar on you know you can't put a leash on a cat oh absolutely. they just they don't want to they don't want to mess around nope so the woman behind the counter is maxine semen her mm -hmm. career spans from the 1940s into the 70s but it's a lot of nameless bit parts like yeah, saleswoman or nurse or woman leaving parking garage and Disney's the million dollar duck. Right. So, she's, she's a working actress. Absolutely. Yeah. Here's to you, Maxine Semin and your bizarre sales strategy of first showing Jack a $120 watch and then right. a $12 watch and then a hammer to see if he can try and break the $12 <laughs> watch's unbreakable crystal. Yes. There's no hint of doubt in Jack's voice at the thought of Unbreakable Crystal, but she immediately takes out a hammer and, here, try it out. And Jack is just so great looking at him, just, I can't tell the difference. No, no one could ever tell the difference. <laughs> Notably takes out that hammer after he pays for the watch. Yes, uh, goes all Wreck-It Ralph on it. Yep. Yeah, and of course it smashes onto the floor in pieces and Jack wants his money back. But, oh no, I can't do that. And they argue for a second until he, she calls Mr. Nelson. Yes. <laughs> and how quickly does it turn into he broke a watch with a hammer and he wants his <laughs> money back? Yeah. And then it's, she told me to. Well, don't you have a mind of your own? And it, it, it's it's like my kids when one of them ends up getting hurt. She told me to. <laughs> Yeah. 
she's and she's you know she's standing up for this uh this this weird idea that this is a a, a right way to sell a watch yeah <laughs> she was so proud of herself like just that chipper sales voice the whole time. Well, this man just broke a watch with a hammer and he wants his money back. Well, of course I broke the watch, but she told me to. She told you to? Yeah. Well, good heavens, don't you have a mind of your own? <laughs> so my kids are going to school virtually from home this year, and my oldest has a Chromebook she uses and was trying to set up, set up the printer, finds a button labeled Power Wash and thinks, hmm, wonder what this does. And factory resets the thing. Wow. She's in tears, and we had to have a talk about don't just click stuff if you don't know exactly what it does. And I can just hear Frank Nelson in the back of my head, why'd you do that? That's what this reminded me of. And then I like how Jack starts to argue, this young lady told me, young, she's 42. (laughs) Yes, that's a great line. That made me feel great. <laughs> uh, the running jack the running gag with Jack Benny over his entire career was that he always claimed to be 39 years old, mm-hmm. lived 80 years, and died at 39. I'm older <laughs> than Jack Benny now. Oh boy. Uh anyway, Frank tells the saleswoman to give Jack his money back. He goes over his shopping list again and decides he didn't like that poem he wrote for Don. So he goes back yeah. to Mel Blank and asks if he can change it. Yeah, he needs something a little classier, more dignified. And again, it's hard to describe this whole thing without basically just going through the joke. But I love Mel here trying not to be too upset about having to unwrap his beautifully wrapped package. I already wrapped it with the tinsel and the ribbon, and it's so beautiful. Why would you want me to tear it? But, 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 and the bells, but, but, mister. <laughs> but, yeah, it's so good. This it's might so be, good. if you didn't recognize Mel Blanks before, you might hear. <laughs> his sort of blubbering, sad version of himself. I'm sorry, but you'll have to unwrap it, because I want to change the card. But, 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 mister, look, look please, it. I'm a customer. Uh, now, unwrap it. Oh, all right. But it's, it's so pretty, it's a... It's a So Jack goes for the much more boring to Don, a very Merry Christmas from Jack and has Mel wrap it up again. Very original. Yes. And then we take a break from those two and meet another familiar face and voice. It's Dennis Day. Hey, see, I I got to buy something for my mother and father and gosh, I don't know what to get them. Ah. And he's another one whose name originated on Jack Benny's show as a character, and he just decided to keep it. Well, it's a good name. Yeah, yeah. His his name was Gene McNulty, and then he decided, well, everybody knows me as Dennis Day, so that's what we're going with. It's like if Mark Hamill decided to just go by Luke Skywalker professionally <laughs> for the rest of his life. I, I can't say it'd be a bad idea, though. I wouldn't be against it. <laughs> Yeah, he's great. And this actually, this section of it really makes this feel like an old fashioned Christmas special. It really does. Yeah, that's that's exactly the note I have here. Dennis Day. We last heard from him on this show on The Stingiest Man in Town as Scrooge's singing nephew, Fred, and as Parson Brown in Frosty's Winter Wonderland. Oh, wow. Here he is as himself. Uh, He sings Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. But first... He's got to get in some jokes with a shirt salesman played by Richard Deacon. Yes. Whom I know best as Mel Cooley from the Dick Van Dyke Show. You've been standing in front of this counter for 10 minutes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm confused. Well, that's understandable. You're confused because it's Christmas time, because you have the Christmas spirit, 
you're buying Christmas presents, and there's so many different things to look at. Well, that explains why I'm confused in December, but what about the other months? <laughs> but this is another guy who's basically played the same role over and over again in different things. Yeah, he's fantastic. I don't know if you had any other reference point for Richard Deegan. No, no, I yeah. did. I only have this, uh, but he's he's great. Okay. Yeah, I had this in Dick Van Dyke. But Dennis Day says he's confused, and Richard Deegan says, I understand, it's Christmas, you're buying Christmas presents, and there are so many things to look at. Well, that explains why I'm confused in December. What about the other months? Right. Richard doesn't know. He's only behind the counter because he accidentally sold his own pants. <laughs> yes, that's a great line, by the way. Such a great line. <laughs> that's like weirdly edgy. It's just such a strange line to have. That might be the most bizarre line in this. Uh, yeah, but not 19... the most bizarre moment. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, not even in this part, because Dennis is trying to shop for his parents. The salesman tries to picture his mother like a marketing <laughs> user story. Let me guess. Your mother is small, petite, gentle, with a kindly smile for everyone, spending most of the time sitting in a rocking chair knitting. Oh, that's my father. Now try to guess my mother. <laughs> but soon Jack walks up and says hi to Dennis, who's trying to buy something for him. So he tells Jack, close your eyes. Yes. And tells the clerk, not very quietly at all, put it in a shoebox so he doesn't know it's a shirt. Right. Love it. <laughs> And then off Dennis goes to sing Rudolph to some kids waiting to meet Santa. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even say it mm -hmm. and, and he's got a beautiful voice. And it, uh, it really, it's one of those moments, a lot of times you get that musical number and you kind of want to skip it. I think it's a great musical number. I think he, he has a really good voice, carries it. It's not that long of a song. And it, it's at a perfect moment in the show. Yeah, well, and I like that he kind of takes himself away to this area where Santa's sitting. It feels like a whole new scene, and uh, it feels like the perfect sort of intermission to all of this. Mm -hmm, but it yeah. doesn't feel out of place either. But behind him is not only Santa, but can we talk about this band of robotic apes or monkeys playing musical <laughs> instruments? Yeah, it's 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 a good look. I. Uh... I don't know why it didn't take off and why they're not under everybody's tree. <laughs> right? They, they almost look like smaller, more unsettling prototype of Chuck E. Cheese's band or the Rock of Fire uh, Explosion. Uh, it's, it's, it's worth checking out the show just for that. Yes. Most of them are just making very simple movements. One's playing an accordion. But then there's one with a trombone that's just rocking back and forth in no set rhythm that I can tell. And it's yeah. just having the time of its life. Yeah, yeah. Just, just agreeing with everything Dennis Day sings at him. Back to Jack, or rather Frank Nelson, who's calling his name, and he asks what? But Frank's calling for Jack, the elevator starter. You're not the only Jack in the world, you know. And this is great because we get that great pause from Jack Benny, and then he's like, he's right. I'm not the only Jack in the world. <laughs> but he only signed that card to Don with just his first name. <laughs> So and the crowd gets it right away. Uh, I mean, right away when he starts to say it, there starts to be like this titter in the audience where they're like, oh, my goodness, he's going to go get that package. And so back to Mel Blanc, we go to change the card again. But now the package is already down in the delivery room and Jack makes him go get it because he's a customer here. 
<laughs> Guy, did you work in retail? I have, sure. I yeah. worked at a video store for years and years. And okay. The customer is always right, and this jerk is the customer. <laughs> have you ever helped someone trying to pull the old customer's always right bit? Oh God. I, yeah, I, I, I had one lady, I'll never forget this. Cause she, she on new year's Eve, she rented a bunch of VHS tapes, new releases, mm -hmm. took them home, watched them. I'm assuming with her family brought them back and said, these are all defective. And I said, uh, you know, we, we really, we can't refund all of them, but I can give you a store credit for all of them. No, I want my money back. And I said, but you took, you know, six titles that were, that other people would have rented on the busiest rental night of the year, which by <laughs> the way, New Year's Eve was the busiest rental night of the year. Makes sense. Um, and, and you took these titles and so no one else could rent them. So those people went to other stores and they may never be back. So this really, you know, this, you know, giving you back your money would really hurt the, and she says, but I'm the customer. This is the principle of the thing. And then she goes, I drive a Mercedes. I don't need this money. <laughs> and I just remember her being like, I drive a Mercedes. Where did, where did that come into this? And, and I was like, and so I said, well, let me, you know, it's odd that all of these are broken. I said, uh, let me test them out. Would that be okay? Yes. And so I put them all into the VCR, uh, and played them one after another. And of course they all worked. And she goes, you're switching them back there. And I was like, you know what? Let me just, here's the money. Please just go away. <laughs> you know, I'm going to write bad things on your account for everybody to see next time you come back. There in. you go. And they, yeah, they never <laughs> think of that part. My retail career was admittedly fairly short and pretty lucky. I worked at a Barnes & Noble, but in the music and DVD department. I don't remember any awful customers who demanded to be right. But worst I remember dealing with was a guy who, instead of signing the back of his credit card, wrote, please see ID. And mm. I didn't know that because I'd never heard of anyone doing yeah. that before. I'm in my teens, early 20s at this point. And he wasn't a mean jerk about it. He was a helpful jerk. Now, what you didn't do was check the back of my card. Like, just goes into stores and shops to see if they check his card. I like to imagine that was his hobby for the day. <laughs> Hopefully no one out there had to deal with a customer who insists he's the right, like Jack Benny's being, to Mel Blanc, who's got a great line here. I haven't run into anybody like you in 20 years. Oh, why did the governor have to give me that pardon? <laughs> It's so great. And you know what's funny is Jack is the star of this show and he's supposed to be likable. In this scene, it's such a horrible thing he's doing to this oh, yeah. man. Uh, I listened to other versions of this show on the radio like you had. Uh, and there was one I listened to where Jack was coming up to him and they, they started the show up and they said, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, uh, December 23rd and Jack's at the counter and he's like, hmm, I don't know. And Mel Blanc's like, please just choose one. And then they're <laughs> like, now it's the 24th and Jack's still there. He's like, Hmm, I'm just not sure. And then they do this every day. You know, it's been three days and Jack is still at the counter. And then he's like, please <laughs> let me go home. I got a wife and two kids. And Jack's like, I'm just not ready to decide the phone rings and he picks it up and he's like now i have three kids <laughs> <laughs> and then and then he goes jack goes oh well maybe i can buy a gift for him and he goes sure why don't you buy him an electric razor and he's like why would i buy that for a baby he's like because he'll be old enough to shave by the time i leave here <laughs> 
this is uh, the two of them are so great together. There's a, a moment that we'll talk about a little later with with Jack, but you could tell how much Jack loves watching Mel Blanc do this. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep. I, I, well, first let's check in on Rochester, who's trying to find something for Jack, and he's being helped by Rolf Zidane, another bit part actor, often a sales clerk or a mail carrier. I saw a lot. Uh, and he was a train conductor a couple of times, including young Frankenstein. But you wouldn't recognize him here without glasses or a mustache. But Oh, wow. Well, uh, what kind of man is your boss? Is he the athletic type? No. Is he the, uh, the intellectual type? Well, no. The executive type? Uh, no. Well, uh, perhaps the outdoor type. No. Well, uh, well, perhaps he's the Playboy type. No, no. No, 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 no. I'm afraid there isn't very much left. That's him. And this routine is almost what we talked about that they were doing with Jack buying a gift for Mary on one of yes. the radio shows. And it shows how, you know, they did it that way. And then they were like, oh, this would be funnier if we did it this way. And this is great when he says, you know, there's not many other types. And he's like, that's what he is. I mean, that's just <laughs> perfect. Well, and it's the same exact delivery as Lucy would tell Schroeder when he finally angrily strips down jingle bells to one finger on his piano. That's it. That's what that reminded me of. Just in time for Mel Blanc to come back with the wrapped wallet. And Jack's got a new poem for Don. Your pear-shaped tones, many announcers ape, but no one can ape your pear-shaped shape. Yes, uh, Don's weight was was a gag on many of the Christmas specials and many of the other episodes. Don, uh, there's one episode where Don is is playing Santa Claus, and they mentioned he had to drop 20 pounds in order huh. to do it. Uh, there's an episode where uh, Jack is talking to somebody who describes his wife as looking looking like Don from the that looking at his wife from the back, she looks like Don from the front and oh, you dear. don't want to see her turn sideways. <laughs> oh dear. How nice. <laughs> well, speaking of Don Wilson and Santa Claus, uh, an announcement is made that the kids can go meet Santa. Who's arrived at his workshop and bumbling on stage to get in line is the pear shaped Don Wilson himself dressed like a very old fashioned schoolboy with the knickers and everything. Mm-hmm. He's got a Buster Brown sailor suit outfit, and he jumps on Santa's lap. Quick, Sonny, what would you like for Christmas? I want a new car. <laughs> okay, one new car. Next. <laughs> I want a new car with a horn that goes da-da-da-da-da. Sounds crazy to me, but all right. A car with a horn that goes da-da-da-da-da. Next. <laughs> and I want it insured with State Farm, because they're the largest auto insurance company in the world, you know. Uh, I know, I know. Next. <laughs> I'll talk a bit about Don Wilson here. Uh, in addition to the show's announcer, he narrated Disney's Ferdinand the Bull. Oh, wow. And his last on-camera appearance was on the 60s Batman series as newscaster Walter Klondike. Hmm. Yeah. Santa's trying to get the as big as he is Don off his lap as quickly as possible while Don tells him, I want a new car. I want a new car with a horn that goes da, 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 da. And I want it insured with State Farm. <laughs> Do you think they should bring commercials back like this with 
starring characters or announcers from TV shows praising the products? You know, I got to say, I'm not, I'm, I'm surprised they don't. I'm also surprised they don't work them into the show more because everybody's, you know, recording stuff or watching it on other sites. If you can find a way to squeeze it in the show where people want to see it, I mean, it makes more sense. You know, it's the old thing when people used to, uh, uh, purchase airtime on, on like a, a popular radio show, like the Howard Stern show, and they'd want him to do a live read of their, of their product instead of, you know, having a canned commercial because people skip over the canned commercials, but they'll pay attention to the celebrity. Get, get on that podcast. So I want to start hearing people like work their use of audible in the middle of a conversation. (laughs) Or just Sean Bean in Game of Thrones with a mug. Winter is coming. The perfect yeah. time for a hot cup of Nestle hot cocoa. <laughs> exactly. Here's the Norelco Santa with some new ways to say Merry Christmas. Give the Norelco rechargeable triple header or the triple header with a cord. Give the inexpensive flip top 20 or the new cordless. And say Merry Christmas to the ladies with a Lady Norelco or the new home beauty salon, Norelco. Even our name says Merry Christmas. Well, speaking of Don, we cut back to Jack, who can't find the card he just wrote for Don. And he asks Mel Blanc for help again. And here he bellows, oh, now what? Now what? <laughs> yeah, it's it's very uh, Yosemite Sam. It's great. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm going to cut it in here so I don't wake up my family. <laughs> oh, Clark. Clark. Now what? <laughs> now what? <laughs> I, I made out a card here for Mr. Wilson, and I can't find it. Don't worry about it. I found the card. I put it in the package. I wrapped it as a gift, and I sent it down to the delivery room. But I forgot to sign it. (laughs) And Mel is also looking more frazzled by the moment. He's aging right before our eyes. Yes, he's got... His tie is starting to come undone. He's got one shoulder out of his suit jacket. (laughs) And followed by uncontrollable sobbing noises, just uh, 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 uh. <laughs> and back downstairs he goes. <laughs> Meanwhile, next on Jack's shopping list is his sister, for whom he decides to get some lingerie. That's right. Like you do for your sister. Some lingerie. Some lingerie. He pronounces it lingerie. For the next few minutes, we have to hear it. So here... there. There is a punchline to this that was cut out of the show. Yes. So here, apparently, when he did this script for the radio, Jack pronounced it correctly. Lingerie. Uh, And he recalled getting letters from people saying it's pronounced lingerie. So the next show, he pronounced it lingerie. Right. Then he got more letters. And on another episode of the show, he asked his audience if someone would tell him how to pronounce it. And then someone... It doesn't say who shouts underwear. Right. <laughs> also, he's again, he's buying underwear for his sister. Yeah. Well, I mean, but he's not he's not buying. When we say lingerie, we mean yeah. something different than he's buying. He's buying her a nightgown. But, you know, the original script for this episode, according to the uh, the Academy of Television Arts, the Emmys website, uh, they had done interviews with some of the cast members of the Jack Benny show. The original script had that gag at the very end when Jack was in front of the curtain. 
Oh, okay. And so an audience member would scream out, underwear! <laughs> well, the lingerie salesman is not a smart man. He's like, uh, what size do you wear? Uh, Pommy, would you wait on me, please? Uh, why not? Your money's as good as anybody. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's it's so great because there is so much great shtick in this and like he shows up and you at this point you think this show can't get sillier and he shows up to it <laughs> the what the loops the loops he's fantastic he's i i love this this to me uh there is a character and i couldn't i sat and tried to figure out who it was but there was like a a lion or cat character in a cartoon that if if he didn't do the voice for it which he probably didn't because all of those Hanna-Barbera cartoons they would just rip off a famous character's voice but this is such a cartoon voice he's doing it's wonderful it really is and unfortunately I believe he's miscredited on IMDb I forget who is credited as lingerie salesman, but I believe this actor's name was Charlie Cantor. Charlie and, Cantor. Okay, yeah. Well, Charlie's a regular on the program as a character named Logan Jerkfinkel. I don't think that's who he's supposed to be here. Just a lingerie salesman who needs gloves to lay out the garments because touching that stuff with my bare hands makes me a nervous wreck. Right. Uh, absolutely. And then Jack goes back to sign Don's card as Mel Blanc comes back up the elevator, even more disheveled this time. Collars half popped, pocket squares flowing out of his pocket like a used tissue. Because this time he had to go chase down the delivery truck to get the package. But he found it, and here's where we see Jack trying desperately not to break character and laugh. Right. Yeah, this is what I was talking about. Jack is, and Jack's heard this routine. You know, I'm sure they even rehearsed it that day. Jack still can't help but laugh at this. He's trying so hard. And I watch these specials after the rest of my family have gone to bed. So I'm also biting my tongue, trying not to laugh and wake up my wife watching this and watching Jack trying to stifle his laughter. And here Jack's finally ready to call the day. So he gets Rochester so they can head home. But Rochester still needs some more time. He already got Jack a gift, but says he wants to get him a better one. And here's where Jack tells him, It isn't what a gift costs. You know, it's the spirit in which it's given. I guess you're right. Well, of course I'm right. What's the difference what you spend for a present? It's the thought. What's it worth? It's $50 or $40 or $1.98. It doesn't... (laughs) (laughs) The audience is right there with you. They know what's coming. And that pregnant pause. Jack Benny is the original master of the pregnant pause. And this one's so pregnant, we might need to lay it in a manger soon. (laughs) Hey, I got jokes too. Jack was great, though, that he didn't take the best jokes in the show. He The best jokes always went to someone else. And like in this moment, he doesn't even have a great joke. It's just the pause that works. I mean, it is so wonderful. He didn't even need to say anything. It's just his luck. It's just. So he goes back one more time, now wanting to change the wallet to the cheaper one. (laughs) And Mel Blanc takes out a gun, walks behind a pillar off camera. And shoots himself. <laughs> and you hear the explosion. Everybody runs over to see the see the gunshot. And Jack has the great line where he says, oh, what a shame. He seemed like such a nice young man. Yeah. 
the uh, they'd done this gag on the radio in the in the radio version. He says, uh, oh, well, I, you know, I'll just put the I'll take the dollar ninety eight wallet and put the money in his hand <laughs> and he oh, puts the money in his dead hand. <laughs> Yeah. There's there's a lot of gags in the radio shows that you could see why they had to change them when they were visualizing it. Here, yes. of course, the death is off screen, but it is it is a death, a suicide in a Christmas special. Yeah, and good thing I read ahead before watching this and spoiled the ending for myself because that's how this whole thing ends with it's Jack great. commenting on what a nice young fellow he was, and then going into his cash register right. to get his change. He says, well, I'm owed some change, and he pops the register open. And that's it. We're done. It, they fade. He comes out to say goodbye in front of the curtain, wishes the audience a Merry Christmas, and he'll see us next week for Lipton Tea. <laughs> Man, what a show this. I don't know if I've been living under a rock or if more people my age and younger need to watch this. They do. And it's on YouTube. It's public domain. This episode, it shows up. If you buy box sets where I originally saw it was, uh, I got a box set of Christmas DVDs and it was all public domain specials. There's a lot of good stuff that you'll find on there. Uh, And then a lot of stuff where the word Christmas is used and the episode is not about Christmas or the word holiday is used and it's about a vacation, but somebody Mm -hmm. put it on this weird box set of public domain stuff. But this is always on there. And this is a gem. I I mean, people, it's a half hour that you will love. Oh, yeah. Well, and I'm thinking maybe because so much of Christmas and our memories of it are tied tightly to our childhood. And this is clearly for the grownups. Mm-hmm. Jack Benny aired at the 930 slot, which is late for a kid. That's where well, they put that's where they put the fourth TGIF show that never stayed the same for more than a year. Yes. But yeah, it's on YouTube. It's public domain or something resembling it search mm-hmm. jack benny christmas shopping and you'll find at least one version of it it's been done on the radio many many times one variation brings in mel blank's wife played by gene vanderpile who was the voice of wilma oh, flintstone wow. yeah oh well, that's uh, in, fantastic yeah uh, in another episode we meet mel blank's psychiatrist whom jack also drives crazy go exploring people yeah i mean that's the thing i had seen the christmas special first uh, just as this episode. And then years later, I, I found out that there were so many radio versions of it just because I was listening to the Jack Benny radio show. I was familiar with Jack Benny, uh, even since I was a kid, I've always thought he was incredibly funny. And then I found out that he had done this so many other times. And so now every year I try to listen to a few of those, you know, try to get a bunch of those in before I, I actually get around to watching it. Yeah. Well, any other final thoughts on Jack Benny? No, I mean, this is Jack Benny is really one of the funniest uh, of his era and and possibly all time. And really, I I hope that people went and watched this before listening to to us talk about it, because this is just such a it's such a surprisingly great special. Yeah. Well, and now I want more of this stuff, so I'm definitely going to check out more of this. Well, if people want to send you lingerie or a watch for your dog guy, where can they find you on the internet? 
I am on everything as Guy Hutchinson, so you can seek me out there. I also do a podcast with Dana Snyder, the voice of Master Shake from Aqua Teen Hunger Force, and the show is called Drunk on Disney. And we don't just do it as a podcast. It is a live touring show, and we have been all around this great nation. Uh, Not as many shows this year, unfortunately, because of all the circumstances of 2020, but hopefully next year we'll be coming around, we'll be in your area, and you guys can come see us. Uh, But I, I also have a bunch of books out there and so people could check those out if they have some time but really what i want people to check out is more of your show i want people to go dig up more episodes of this show they're worth re-listening to every christmas thank you Uh, and please check out guys things i can't recommend them enough guy it's an absolute pleasure thank you for coming on and recommending this to me Oh, I'm so happy. This this is I'm so glad that I finally got to spend this much time talking about this special with someone else. So <laughs> this was great. Well, friends, if you want to look up the show notes for this one, they're at adventcalendar.house. And you can say hi to me on Twitter at Fall West Mike and Advent Cal House. And now I'm on Instagram at Advent Calendar House. I'll see y'all again in a couple days. For now, for Guy Hutchinson from Santa's Workshop with a large man-child honking like a car about State Farm. This is Mike Westfall saying, please be careful of the icy patch. And now, these messages. I know you. You're tired of the same old joy of human compassion, overflowing generosity, and quaint, totally anxiety-free coziness of the holidays. You need Christmas to get a little bit weird. I'm Craig Kringle, and I've got you covered. On the Weird Christmas Podcast, I talk to a never-ending garland of writers, historians, filmmakers, and rampant weirdos who do their best to make sure we don't forget just how beautifully odd this holiday can be. We cover everything from Krampus to Christmas werewolves, the real winter elves like the Scandinavian Tomten and Nyssa, to Iceland's 13 Yule Lads. And every year we share a good old traditional Christmas ghost story to keep things festive. I also host an annual flash fiction contest so we don't have to read Dickens again. So if you're a real traditionalist who wants Christmas to get back to its roots of creepy monsters, acknowledging the frozen, lifeless heart of winter and eating animal heads, come over to the Weird Christmas Podcast. Or check out weirdchristmas.com and all the surreal vintage postcards I share on social media. So Merry Christmas, and here's hoping Krampus doesn't whip you off to hell. On that note, if people want to send you lingerie and watch... <laughs> um, look, let me do that again. <laughs> oh, please, I like that. Let's do it again. Well, Guy, if people want to send you lingerie and or a watch for your dog, where... Goodness gracious... <laughs> I like this. Do it again. Next time on the Advent Calendar House. 